0: Scene. Got it. How are we doing? You guys good? Yeah, I've missed you guys. I've missed y'all. We are in a new series. It's kind of floating behind me, uh, along with the party lights. Uh, hope you have enjoyed that. Uh, but man, uh, in a new series called FOMO. I know some of you are familiar with the term FOMO. You heard this in high school, uh, but but college students, we don't deal with this, right? Like we're beyond this. Uh, but actually, I believe. Maybe we're not all the way. And as we start a new semester, and as we look into this new year, uh, there, there, there is a re- reality of FOMO and a reality. I've been talking to a few of you guys about a new term called FOBO. Do you know what that means? Fear of breaking out. Fear of breaking out. <laughs> like not up, but out. Yeah, because that would be like FOBO. Anyway, uh, FOMO, which is the fear of better options. So I I have so many choices I can't commit. I don't know what is. am I going to mess things up? And we're going to kind of be here for a few weeks. But all of this to say, um, we're starting with the word in FOMO of the word fear, this root word. And I believe we have a lot of irrational fears. Some of them are like the real deal, but some of them are irrational. And I'll just, I'll just, uh, I'll, I'll confess something here. All right, guys, I'm afraid of birds, Y'all all laugh. Y'all all laugh, but man, it's a real thing for me, all right? We even had a mockingbird recently, like, nest up in our uh, porch, and then it, it's aggressive. And like, my wife makes fun of me, but let me tell you the story before you judge me, all right? So I was like 10 years old, and uh, what we did when I was 10, man, all the neighborhood guys, we all, we all got on our bikes, and uh, at the end of our neighborhood, around the corner, it's corner of Kemp and Southwest Parkway where that Waterburger is. The Valero there used to be a 7-Eleven. Now, 7-Eleven has this magical thing called a Slurpee. Y'all know, what I'm, anybody love a Slurpee? Yes. I love me some Slurpee. So we would, like, jump on our bikes. We'd put all the quarters we had in our pocket. We'd roll to the 7-Eleven. Now, we lived in the back of the neighborhood, and we had to, to kind of, like, bike up to it. Uh, so it was a little bit of a trek. But I rem- I'll never forget one day. Ten years old here, y'all. I'm rocking my Texas Ranger hat. Cruising down a street in my neighborhood when all of a sudden this thing, this item, this uh, out of nowhere whacks me in the back of the head. No, no lie, my Texas Ranger hat flies off and I'm like, what just happened? And I look up and to my dismay, I see this like wing spread of like this hawk looking thing with these huge talons and he's cruising up and I'm like, that thing just hit me in the head. Wow, that was nuts. And they're all like, dude, that was crazy, right? And we're kind of like, whoa. But then, I'm looking out the corner of my eye, and the thing is doing like a turn. (laughs) And I kid you not, y'all, this hawk-looking thing turns back and just beelines it right back at me. And I'm looking at it dead in the eye, and I'm like, huh. and I got nowhere to go, man. I'm in like the middle of this, all I got is feet. And let me tell you something, feet are not better than flight, flying winds all the time. So I'm just like running and this bird's getting me. And like all my friends are laughing. It's not even attacking them. I don't know what's going on if they just don't like the Texas Rangers, which I can understand, but it's attacking me, y'all. And I like, like, it comes back at me and misses and I'm like freaking out and like I get to a tree, but by the time I get to a tree, y'all, this thing has dive-bombed me like four times. Y'all, it was traumatic, man. Before y'all laugh at me, let me, I found a picture of it. You guys know what a kite is? It's not the kite that you fly, but a kite bird. They're endangered, apparently, and they're really protective of their nest. I didn't know this. Hey, do you have that photo? Okay, that was the bird, man. I'm 10, y'all. We're not talking about a little blue jay. Like this thing came at me. and, And if you look it up, okay, later, go look up like a kite attacking on YouTube and you'll see the dismay that I was in. Now, you would think I'm over that. Like, I was 10. But to this day, y'all, birds freak me out, man. Like, we were, we were at Galveston even this summer, and I'm, like, with my kids, and we're having a great time. And we have this idea that we're going to get, you know, some pizza and have, like, a, we're going to go on the beach. We're going to have a little picnic, y'all. And all these seagulls came and attacked us. Y'all, I left my kids there. I'm just out. I'm like, get away! And i was freaking me out. And they're like, something, you've got a problem. And it's irrational, right? Like, bird ain't going to hurt me. I mean, it's, it does have a beak and claws, but it's going to be okay, but still, it freaks me out, man, because they can fly. They have the advantage. It's kind of the same with you swim with like fish and stuff. It's like they got an advantage on you. Anybody else have an irrational fear tonight, like something that you know you shouldn't be afraid of, but you're afraid of? Peyton, what do you got? Oh, you're like, I wasn't going to say anything. It's okay. okay. Mascots. That's right. Mascots. That is true. True story. Uh, And we'll have to hear the story later, but there are irrational fears, And I believe FOMO is an irrational fear, and that's what I want to talk about tonight. Here is the paradox of FOMO. The fear of missing out, you you need to know something, that, that the paradox of this is that you are always missing out of something, right? Like there's no way you can do or be at everything. You're missing out on something. Tonight, there's people hanging out at Legacy Commons, and you're at the bridge. By the way, you made the right decision, all right? You made the right decision. They're missing out, right? But, but for real, like you can't be everywhere. You can't be doing all these things. So you're always missing out on something. The question is, what are we missing out on? Is it something of value or not? And I think that's kind of where we get mixed up. So what, what really is behind FOMO? Now, FOMO is fueled by comparison. That, that's what FOMO is. FOMO is basically, I wrote this down. I actually saw this in like a news article in like uh, 2018. But they said this. FOMO is what happens when everyone's great day stops you from enjoying yours. And with technology and with all the social media all that we're looking at we got to be honest we look and we see what other people do and I'm like that's not my life that's not what I'm up to it seems like everyone else is having this amazing time everyone else has all these friends everyone else doesn't struggle with loneliness it's just me and everyone's got great things going on or an awesome job or it was like Labor Day weekend and so I I'm just chilling doing nothing and everyone else is having a great time and it's a lie man it's not true So what's underneath it? Fear of missing out on what? What is yours? Like friends? Like being noticed, being passed over that no one's inviting or including you in and so you feel feel like you're missing out. No No one's inviting you into something. Maybe it's the fear of missing out on a career move and if I, if I don't make this right, grade, If I don't do this, I have this great fear that I'm gonna mess this thing up and I'm gonna lose an opportunity so I'm trying to do everything I can to maintain something that's out of your control anyway. Or maybe you're afraid you're gonna miss the one if you're not at every little thing and if I'm not dating, man, I'm, I might miss the one. I might be single forever. I don't know what yours is, but tonight I wanna look at a text that I believe is going to really help us fight this thing called the fear of missing out. The Bible actually speaks to this. So if you have a Bible, I I want to look at a passage. It's in Psalm 37. Psalm 37. Yes, love it. Oh, let's go. Let's go. Psalm 37, if you're unfamiliar with the Bible, that's okay. Uh, We'll have it on the screen. If you brought a Bible, uh, just turn kind of the middle Uh, The Psalms are a collection of writings by a few different guys. Uh, King David wrote most of the Psalms. And what I love so much about the Psalms, y'all, they're so just raw and real, man. Like every emotion you and I have experienced, I feel like the psalmist is like writing it. In one Psalm, he's like, man, God, you are so great. You're amazing. Like there's no one that compares to God. My, My soul thirsts for you. The very next Psalm is like, God, you've forsaken me. Where are you? And it's just like this roller coaster. I'm like, man, that's me. Like, he knows me. Like, I feel this way. And so I always love jumping into the Psalms. If you don't know where to be reading in the Bible, sometimes it's like, you know, just kind of like intimidating to be like, I'm not supposed to read the Bible. I don't know where to read. Oh yeah, hey lights. Uh, y'all just ignore that. It's gonna distract me more than you. Uh, but anyway, Psalm 37. I believe this text for the verses one through seven help us, gives us four real main ways to combat the fear of missing out or the fear of better options and helps to push us towards living correctly in our current situation, our current circumstances, whatever lot we are in right now. So let's read this together. Psalm 37, a Psalm of David. He says this, Don't worry about the wicked. And don't envy those who do wrong. For like grass, they will soon fade away. Like spring flowers, they will soon wither. This is just verse one and two, but I wanna stop right there. Here's what he's saying. He's going, man, have it all together and they have no problems and they're doing great and I don't know if you've ever thought this but but even David is like Go, man I like what's up I'm trying to follow you God I'm trying to live for you and I'm like struggle bus like it is tough but all these people that I know they don't even like have a care about you and it seems like everything's great for them everything's working out for them why is it God what have you forgotten me do you not see me have you ever had that thought the psalmist is talking about it right there. That's what he's talking about. He's saying don't worry about it. The, the Hebrew word there is like don't fret, and it literally means to like get heated, to get like worked up, to let that blood pressure boil. It's like don't, don't worry about them. Now why? It's because even though it may seem like the people that aren't even pursuing God, the people that aren't even trying to follow God, it may seem like they're prospering, but what does he say in verse 2? Listen, you don't want to envy them because they have an ending, They have a shelf life. What does it say? For like grass, they will fade. Like spring flowers, they will soon wither. Get a heart of understanding, students. No one remembers the coolest person in your school from the 1940s and 50s, right? Like, no one remembers them. No one remembers the best athlete, really, of like the 40s. I don't know, maybe you do, but that's weird, all right? We don't remember this stuff, and it's so important to me. And you're like, no, but Pastor Stephen, I... My life right now matters so much. I'm in the now, and it does matter right now what's going on in my life, and I wanna encourage you with this. You know, when I was six, going back to bikes, I mean, the most important thing in my life was to get a bicycle at Christmas. Like, that like that was it, man, and I didn't have one. I had, like, an old, like, hand-me-down, it broke, and I'm like, man, I need a bike. It was, like, the most important thing, and now I look back, and I'm like, that was ridiculous, right? or when you were eight, like think about the things that mattered to you so much in high school that were just the biggest deal and now like you're out of high school and you're like, man, that really wasn't a big deal, right? Like, You know what I'm talking about. Could it be that we'll look back right now on the things that are stressing us out, the things that we are so worried about, things that we're so fearful of, and look back and be like, man, why was I worried about that stuff? Why was I so concerned about finding the one He says, consider eternity. We're living for something much further. We're living for something much bigger than the here and the now moments. And us trusting God now is going to affect our lives later. So this is where he gets us. So then he gives us four things. It's just four things tonight if you're taking notes. I didn't provide notes tonight. Sorry, Uh, didn't get to that. Uh, But you can write these down. And it starts in verse three. Number one, here's how we're going to fight this that fear that I'm gonna miss out on something or that I chose wrong, all that. He says this, number one, trust God and do good. The Very practical text here. Uh, When we struggle and we're worried about the future, and we're looking at everyone else that seems to be doing well, which is FOMO, trust the Lord in your current situation and do good and you will live safely in the land and prosper. Another passage says to trust the Lord, do well, And it says to befriend faithfulness. It means be present in wherever you are right now. You didn't get the invite on Friday night. Wherever you are on Friday night, be present in this. Trust God in this moment. Trust God with where you are now. That's what faith is. If the righteous live by faith, let me tell you, you guys are going to have a lot of this that you're going to live in. I don't know what the future outcome is, and it doesn't seem like this is how it's supposed to go, and I gotta trust. I gotta trust your word. Your word says this, even though everyone else is doing something completely different, I'm gonna trust your word. You know, most of our fear comes from a lack of control, right? So, like, we're afraid of the future because we can't control it. We can't, we can't like, make something happen. And so it, we're afraid of that, and it reminds me of my wife's irrational fear of flying. Anybody else have a fear of flying in here? Y'all are, y'all are like, I ain't telling anybody my fears. Let's go around and tell our greatest fears. Okay. My wife for real hates to fly. And I have to like calm her down every time. And I have to say stuff like, you know, way more people die in cars than in planes. And she's like, that doesn't help. Don't say that again. Right. But I'm like, you're going to be okay. Like there's a million planes and yeah, one crashes every once in a while, but like cars crash way more. You should be way more worried about that. No, And it doesn't matter. And the reason she's so afraid, partially she's claustrophobic and people and it's like, and I can't get out. I can't go anywhere and I can't see land. And so it kind of freaks her out because she's not in control. And and so when that turbulence hits, she she can't do anything when the turbulence hits. She's just like, uh, uh, I hope the plane, I hope the pilot's got it. What's going on? We're going to all die, right? All she can do is worry. Now me... I don't fear flying at all. It's so fun. In fact, more turbulence, it kind of makes it more interesting. I like it. I put my headphones in. No one's going to bother me for the next two hours on my flight. This is awesome. I'm going to get some reading in. I'm going to do a little work. Uh, the stewardess is going to. She's the only one that's going to like you know, interrupt me. And I'm going to get me a nice Folgers coffee. Uh, and it's going to be great. And I'm going to keep going. But I love flying. My wife and I are on the same trip having a completely different experience as students. This is what happens to us when we are afraid. Like she has no ability to just sit back and relax, but here's the deal, she'll never be a pilot. I mean, she could, but let's be honest, right? She's not gonna go to pilot school, she's not gonna one day be able to control the plane and she's still gonna have to fly. So at some point she's gonna have to get to a place where she trusts the pilot enough to just enjoy the flight. And some of us, we're going around life right now and we're just so worried because I can't control the situation and I can't control that person and I can't control my job and my career and what's happening to me and I'm just a nervous wreck all the time. And the Lord wants to tell you tonight, like, trust me, I'm good. I'm good. And by the way, while you're trusting me and while you're in the moment you're in, just be faithful and be present now. We're gonna talk a little bit about this in the coming weeks, but but that's what he is saying. And then he says, number two, oh, I forgot this. This was really cool. Uh, So when it comes to fear, I got to go back. Okay, my brother-in-law, he's a uh, artist in Nashville, and he he has this new song that came out. And I just want to read you the chorus because this was such a cool moment. I was like working on this message. His song was like on the radio. It was weird, and I like heard it. I'm like, ah, it applies. But here's what it says. This is the chorus. He says. I walk through the valley of shadows and it scares me half to death. But you're with me everywhere I go, so I won't give up yet. And I love this. My fears will surely kill me if I didn't know the truth. The things that I'm afraid of are afraid of you. That's good, right? That's good. Here's what this means. Did you know you cannot name a fear that God isn't sovereign over. So not only are you not in control, but the wonderful news is that God is, like he's got a plan, he's doing things. And so there's no fear, I'm scared of spiders, yeah, God's over that. I'm scared of tornadoes, God's over that. And yeah, these are all things that could cause danger and could hurt us, and and yeah, they're, they're real things. But underneath all of that, there's nothing you and I can't name that God isn't sovereign and in control of, and I can rest in him and know I'm good. I could be in that plane with my wife and we could be freaking out and it's not gonna have any bearing on how we land. I mean, maybe if she got real crazy, right? I've seen those YouTubes. Anyway, but it's so amazing. Trust that the Lord is good and anything that comes into my life only comes into it from his nod. And I gotta trust it. Trust him. You are not in control. Control is a mirage. In fact, if you think you're controlling your life, you're probably making it worse. And we're going to get to that here in just a second. But first, let's go number two. Number two, not only trust God and do good, like be, do good in the current situation, but he also says delight in the Lord. And, and, and here's how I read that tonight. To me, the way that this really challenged me this week is when I am struggling with anxiety, when I am struggling with fear in these things, I look to like other things to soothe me. I'm like, I just want to ignore it. Turn on ESPN, man. Like, let me just watch TV. Like, I'm really stressed about finances right now. That's us being honest. And and I'm worried. And so I'm like, let's just be distracted. Like, let's do something. And some of us, we self-soothe in ways that are actually much worse and sinful for us. I don't know what yours is, but what he's saying here is don't do that. Come to the Lord. Draw near to the Lord and delight in God. Because if you're not delighting in God, chances are you're delighting in something else, and it's not going to satisfy. So he says, delight in God. And then he gives us this promise. It's so good. When we delight in him, when we want God, he will give us the desires of our hearts. Here's what that means. When you want God, you're going to get God. When you desire God, you're going to get God. The Bible says, draw near to me, and I will draw near to you. How do I know if I'm delighting in God? The question is, are you drawing near to him? Do you want anything to do with him? Are you so busy not trusting in him, trusting in yourself, trying to make stuff happen, trying to do stuff, trying to overcome my own anxieties? Are you leaning on him? He's like, come to me. Draw near to me. Be grateful and content and trust in me. Rest that I am the pilot. And number three, verse five, it says this. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. Another verse says, and he will act. So, number three, the way that we fight this is everything we do choose, everything we decide to do on a Friday night, on a Saturday, with this major, with this person, I'm gonna commit it to God. And and what that means is I'm gonna trust you with it. And I'm gonna try to honor you in my decisions. I don't know if it's right or not, but I'm gonna line it up to the Bible. I'm gonna ask my friends for godly counsel, because my heart is deceptive sometimes. I'm going to commit it to God. Like, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to walk this way until you tell me, like, don't go that path. i got a different door. So he's saying commit whatever you are going to do, whatever you decide, commit it to God. Is it honoring to him? Is that, is that thing honoring to him? So I'm, I'm struggling, and I've got decisions. Now I'm speaking a little bit more to Phobo, the fear of all these choices and options. Commit them to the Lord. Trust the Lord with the decisions you're going to make and then it says, he's the one that will act. He's the one that act. He will make your innocence radiate like the dawn. The justice of your cause will shine like the noonday sun. What we do instead is we make decisions based on fear. Like I'm actually afraid of the future and I don't know if this thing's gonna happen, so I'm gonna like make something happen or I'm gonna choose something because I'm afraid. And God is saying, don't, Make decisions from fear of future. Make decisions by faith in me. Make your decisions in faith. I'm trusting you, God. I'm trusting your ways. And then he will act. Man, we get in a lot of trouble when we try to make stuff happen. And just a side note on like dating, because I know that's kind of like a place that a lot of us are in, like finding the one, dating people, like who am I supposed to? I know that that's a piece of this. And and I've said this before, but I want to remind you, when Adam and Eve were brought together by God, Adam was asleep. Straight up. It's a principle to understand that God's the one that will act as we wait on him, as we trust him. He's going to bring it about. You're not going to mess this thing up or miss out. The way that we mess stuff up is when we try to make it happen. We take control. I, I don't trust you, God. I'm going to take control. I know I probably shouldn't date that person. They don't even love you. They don't have, want anything to do with you, but I kind of like them. So I'm gonna trust you, God. No, no, no. Commit your way to the Lord. Honor him. Make decisions out of that. And finally, be patient and wait. That's the hardest one, right? Be patient and wait. It's not now. You're gonna have to wait. There's a verse in Luke chapter 9, I might, I might unpack this a little bit more next week. But Jesus is talking to his disciples and he's, he's calling them to follow him. Hey, like follow my way, follow my way of life. But then he says this, I think it's on the screen. I'm trying to find it in my Bible here. There it is. He says, if any of you want to be my follower, you must give up your own way Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you're going to lose it. That's me like trying to make it happen. He's like, don't, don't try to hang on. Don't try to make life for yourself. If you try to hang on or make a name for yourself or do this, you're going to lose it. It's, but he says this. But if you will give up your life for my sake, you will save it. For what benefit is it if you gain the world and forfeit your own soul? The call for us in these moments when fear arises is to surrender it back to God and trust him in it. I don't know how that outcome is gonna happen. A few weeks ago, there was a grass fire like right behind our house and it felt so like, normally I'm like, oh, grass fires, that's a bummer. But when it's next to your house, it's not a bummer. It's like, uh, what are we gonna do here? What like Do I need to go like, find some pictures and like, keepsakes? I haven't even prepared for this, right? And I'm just freaking out because I'm, I'm out of control. I have no control. I'm just like, oh, fireman, please, Lord, I'm putting my faith and trust in you, right? And it, and it kind of got up to kind of the edge of where we were. It kind of shifted over. Um, but anyway, it was a helpless moment. And it just reminded me of how little control I have. And I got to surrender that to God and trust him. But I want to end with this story and all this. And I don't, I don't know how FOMO hits you. I don't know in what way. Because I'm tempted, I feel like I I I should sin. It's everyone else is sinning and getting away with it, and it's fun. I like to sin, and I'm gonna I'm struggling because I I feel like if I go God's way, I'm gonna miss out on something, or maybe it's just that I'm struggling because I'm alone. Maybe it's I'm struggling with future and all this. I feel like I'm gonna miss something or I'm gonna choose the wrong thing. I don't know how it's hitting you tonight, but um, I'm in with this story. I uh. I don't remember how old I was, to be honest with you. I think I was 11 or 12. I'm going to date myself here. But um, the iPod comes out, all right, whatever year that was. Many of you don't even know what the iPod is. i got to explain something, okay? Okay, that's the Ridge, all right, right there. That's the iPod. Now, before the iPod, just so you all know, because you all don't know this life, we had what were called CDs and tapes. In fact, I had a six-player CD player in my Honda 1992 Honda Accord rocking it, man, and I could choose between six discs that I could listen to, and it was in my trunk, and if I wanted to listen to other music, I had to, like, stop my car, get my disc booklet out, go go to the trunk and swap out CDs. Like, that's how we rolled. But then the MP3 came out, and you could put your CDs in your computer, and it would download them and make them digital because there was no Spotify, there was none of this yet. You just do your own, right? And, and, and so I put all my music. And then if you get the iPod, you could connect it to your computer and you could put all your CDs on it. My, I was like, this is amazing. I have to have this. I have to have this. So I'm like laying hints to my mom left and right. I'm like, mom, it's Christmas. You know that iPod thing's coming out? Just if you want. If you're wondering, I know you didn't even ask me what I wanted for Christmas, but I'm telling you, I want the iPod. And I mean, I laid all these hints, right? It gets to Christmas Day. And I have one older brother and we're sitting there and we're opening presents. It's all fun and games. I got about like five, six presents like stacked there. I'm excited. And y'all, here's what happened. I'm looking over and my brother opens a gift and it is the iPod. I don't even think he asked for it or wanted it. Like he was all into sports and stuff and like didn't even care about music that much. I don't even know if he had like more than three CDs. He opens and gets the iPod and I'm like, oh, good for you. Man, and he's like, cool. And he's like, I'm like, what? So I'm either gonna steal it from him or something. I don't know, but I, here's what, no, this really happened. So I'm looking at my gifts and I'm sizing them up, you know, like, wait a second. None of these gifts look like the same dimension of that gift. And I only have three left, and I had not got one yet. And I'm, I'm actually like, this, this one like stays in my mind because I was getting angry at Christmas when people were giving me get, but I'm getting mad. And I'm trying to hold it together like, Mom, you're so generous. <laughs> so I open, the, I open this gift, and it's like a t-shirt. I'm like, thanks, Mom. Ah. <laughs> uh. Now I only have two gifts, and they're both kind of big, and I don't know what they are. My brother's just over there having a great time with his new iPod. He's stopped even opening gifts. It's the gift where you stop opening gifts. You know what I'm talking about? It's like, I don't even care what else I got. I'm hooking this thing up. So he's having a great time, and I'm like waiting for my turn. I open up the next gift. I don't even remember what it was, like socks or something. It really was. It was like, mmm, it's getting better. And I have one gift left, and it's like this huge box. And I'm just like, whatever, like open it. And I opened the box and my mom has tricked me (laughs) and she had put like cans of like green beans and rocks in it to throw me off. And the iPod was dead center in the middle. It was the last gift I opened. Not only did I feel terrible, but I almost couldn't enjoy it because I'd already gotten worked up. You know what I'm talking about? I'm already just mad. And I'm like, fine, I did get it. (laughs) Thanks mom. Thanks mom. And it was the weirdest experience. Like, I I don't know, but it was wonderful and I enjoyed it. But as I was preparing this message, I was thinking about this. Some of you, you're seeing stuff happen for people and you're like envious of them and you're jealous. And you're like, man, why didn't that happen to me? And that's all I wanted. And I just want this and I want someone to notice me and I want to hang with this and I want to get into this school. Why do they get into school? I didn't get in. Why did they get that job and I didn't? And we're just going on and on, looking at everyone else, feeling like we're missing out. It's too late for me now. I've already missed the ship. And God's like, no, just wait for the third gift. Wait. It's not there yet. You're not ready yet. I'm so good that I know you're not ready for it and I need you to wait because it's gonna do something to your character and it's gonna cause you to have to trust me and you're gonna be in the dark a little bit until we get there and you're gonna have to trust me. There was a moment when I was opening those gifts where I was like, I'm gonna mow lawns, I'm gonna buy my own iPod. You know? And it was like, wait a second. I I got one anyway, but then... I didn't even care about the iPod a year and a half later because in 2005, y'all, the iPhone came out. You know what I'm talking about? Now, y'all were not born yet still. Um, no, a few of you were. I know, I know. Y'all were around. Y'all around in 2005? Okay, good. Man, okay, I'm not that old. But listen, hang with me as I close. I'm going to bring the band up because I want you to, I want you to hear this. The thing that mattered so much to me in that moment didn't even matter two years later because something better was coming along. And what God wants to tell you with this whole fear of phobo of, of like missing out, or like that there's all these options and choices and I'm gonna mess it up, he wants to tell you tonight to trust him. Do good, be faithful in this season right now, students. Like honor him right now in the, in the dark. Delight in him. Find a way to enjoy God right now in your life. Commit what you do and the choices you make to him, and he will act. He will bring these things about. You don't have to make stuff happen. You can rest in a good God. But it's going to cause you to have to wait. You're going to have to wait for him. You're going to have to be still and quit striving. So tonight, in closing, some of us, we really do need to own some of the things that we are afraid of about our future, the things that really are giving us some anxiety. And I want you to think about that question, really. And man, as I face this brand new semester, here are the things I'm worried about, God. Here's the fear that is coming up in me. And as you think about those things, I want, you to, I want you to name them in your head, not out loud. But I want you to think about them, and then I want you to just give them to the Lord. Just, wanna, like, just almost like as a mental exercise, I'm just gonna lay these at your feet, God. I'm gonna trust you with that one. I don't know how you're gonna handle that, but I'm gonna trust you with it because you're bigger than sickness and you're bigger than my financial problems and you're bigger than that closed door that I feel like I was supposed to walk through, but I'm gonna trust you. I'm gonna lay that at your feet. You cannot name any fear that God isn't sovereign over. Number two, we're gonna reject FOMO by committing our now to him. Walking righteously now, choosing what is right now. So we're gonna release and surrender the things we have no control over anyway to the God who does. And we're gonna commit our path to him And God, we would trust you with our lives. Help us in that, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.